Well, how about that? It's the weekend already. It's time to go fishing. Where and for what? Well, that's completely up to you. But if you're like me, you can always use a little advice. We've got way more than a little advice today. we got some of the best. Mandy Urich makes her fishing Paul Bunyan Country debut. And Bruce Jean of Rainy Lake Guide Service is back. It's all coming up. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. Day up, day afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting on the fishes in the deep blue sea. Making sure my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go on fishing for Bunyan Country. Welcome to the weekend. It's the Friday edition of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, checking in with one of our good friends, Bruce Jean, the fishing machine from Rainy Lake Guide Service. How you doing, Kim? Doing good. I can't be the first person who's ever said that. No, you know, it's kind of funny uh, being in the middle school. Um, I have all kinds of nicknames that rhyme with Jean, and you can probably have <laughs> a few of them. But I like the fishing machine one. That one works out pretty well for me. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we want to get into it today because uh, fish, you know, opening weekend's over, and we got uh, lots of fishing to go, and uh, you were on one of the big lakes, and your brother is on another one of the big lakes, and those are two great lakes to talk about. Let's start with you. You were on Mille Lacs for the open. Right. So, you know, we do our annual trip to Mille Lacs, and we stay on the north side there in the sand, and, um, you know, and we've, we've been doing this Mille Lacs trip for, uh, this is our 18th year, and um, you know, I'll talk fishing first. The, the fishing on Mille Lacs continually is outstanding. You know, we we started out uh, during the day with a jig and a shiner bite and pitching jigs. And, you know, up in shallows, there were a few of the bigger fish, but we were out deeper. We had better numbers in the 18 to 20, well, 16 to 20 foot range. Um, just pitching a jig and it had to be a spot tail shiner. And, and uh, if you had a chub, you, you wouldn't get the bite. So, you know, those those fish can be fickle sometimes, Kev. Yes. That's a so, fact. So, then, you know, later that night, you come in and take a nap because, you know, you're dumb when you're on the wax and you go out at midnight. And, but we're out, out uh, in the evening and, you know, you can fish till the wee hours, the opening weekend on the wax. So we went out and fished till about midnight. And the slip bobber and leech bite was outstanding. So, um, you know, you always hear numbers and, oh, yeah, they caught that many. But, uh uh, it, the lax bite was excellent, and if you want to go get a good flip bob or leech bite, check out that evening bite out there, and, and it's outstanding. So, so blue skies and uh, flat water didn't uh, affect your fishing at all. So Sunday, I also fished Malax, and we were out, and our numbers were not as good on Sunday because it was flat and <laughs> sunburned day. So, um, but yeah, we we had we had still had a decent bite. You know, you catch a couple dozen fish in a day in the middle of a hot you know heat wave there. Um, you know, fishing's not too bad. So, but you know, we've been doing this trip for many years, and you kind of get honed in on where the fish are at, and that was definitely uh, they were still in the same spot, and they, you know, they're still in the same area. I think it might actually be a little bit uh, later this year. You know, the water was a little bit warmer, and you know, the weather, of course, was was beautiful. If you had a chance to get out, you knew about that. So, but uh, yeah, outstanding opening weekend and a great way to start the 21 fishing season. 
you know, you always want to be able to bring some fish home uh, for the frying pan, and, and there's a limited amount you could do on Winnie or on uh, on uh, Malax. But boy, if you just want to have fun, you can't beat Malax for any number of species. You know, and that's that's it. You know, we were out Saturday morning. We we caught our our one fish. You know, so we had the, the three fish we brought in for for shore lunch. We chop them up into small pieces and have some appetizers with them, and what a great meal that is! But you know, when when we're catching nearly a hundred fish in two days, um, <laughs> it, you know that's worth it. Especially when you it's okay to take some of those fish and and let them go, and you know take a lot of pictures of fish. That's what we were doing. You know, uh, a lot of guys I talk to they they aren't working. Uh, opening weekend because they are doing those traditional things. They uh, they are getting together with their friends and their family, and that kind of is their one weekend to do that. You know, because they're going to be busy from there on out. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of what what this was as well. You know, it, it's one of those where uh, could I have guided on opening weekend? Absolutely, every year. You know, it, it's it's a busy time, Canada closed and so on, but. It, it's a time to be with buddies. It's a time to be with friends, with family, and do it. Do what makes you happy. What refills your tank, you know. And, and um, you know, we we've been doing this trip, like I said, eighteen years. There's there's four of us that were on the trip a few years ago. We lost one of us. Uh, he passed away of a heart attack. And you know, you you have those those emptiness times, and you toast to your buddy. And and but it always makes you think. You know, should I go on this trip or not? Should I buy the new boat or not? Should I, you know, and, and I'm here to tell you, life is too short not to go fishing, not to take the trip, not to use the fine china, you know, Kevin, that's that's what it's about, is mm-hmm. getting out and enjoying the time right now in the present. So, you know, I, I, I've been, we've been chatting a long time. I don't think I've ever been this philosophical with you ever. I, I am okay, so you don't have to send handlets over to me or anything. Okay. <laughs> so, that's actually but, really, really good things to think about you know we take everything for granted uh i can go fishing next weekend or i'll go out with the my grandson sebastian oh. next week and yeah don't don't do that that's right that's right don't put it off because life is too short so yep okay. but you know getting back to fishing uh my brother was actually out on rainy this this weekend and uh you know a couple other guides out there and they had a good bite up shallow pitching jigs eight ounce jigs up in the shallow um, there wasn't a lot of wind blowing, so, um, you know, but there was a little bit on Saturday, and that's when they really went. So, um, but, you know, the cloudy overcast weekend, I I, I saw the forecast for Saturday was going to be in the 90s for a high around oh. the Mille Lacs area, and then Sunday the high was 63, so I don't know what that's going to do to fishing, but it's going <laughs> to be a definite change. Oh, that, yeah, that could be very, very interesting. So- I know it. I know. I mean, a big storm going through, or what's going to cause a drop? But uh, regardless, uh, Saturday night could be interesting. So, so rainy is that typically a good opening lake? It is. You know, I, the fish are up shallow early on rainy, and that's that's the spinner. You know, pulling spinners up shallow, um, pulling you know, pitching the jig and the minnow up shallow. Um, but when the water is cold, slow your presentation down. You know, it doesn't have to be the whip jig like we did on the Lax or, you know, I've heard some guys had some okay luck on leech. But slow that presentation down and, you know, the fish are still a little, eh, I'm not really sure if I'm hungry yet. And that's that's kind of what was happening there. So, uh, but yeah, you know, opener is, is okay on rainy. The best time on rainy is 
when I think when the fish are on the reef, they're schooled up, they're together. Use your sonars and you can really hone in on them there. Well, we know you got a ton of them uh, on, on Rainy, and, and you know, I, I just had an interview a few weeks ago with Will Paffenfuss, who was doing that early uh, Rainy River thing, and what did he get, six over 30 that weekend? I mean, my goodness. What an incredible trip for Walleye Will, and, <laughs> and uh, he, Will Will is one of those guys, he's humble, and he's just, he's just a good dude, but when, when you can boat 30-plus Walleye in a day, one, that's great, two unheard of when when you're boating five and six um either a your vision's a little off b you've had a little too much adult wine or c you're in a good spot i think while i will was in a good spot that's good yeah. yeah that rainy river was on fire for probably about a week there guys were just nailing the pig that was an awesome week for those guys so people are up on rainy this weekend what, what do you what do you think they should be doing well, uh, you know, you could still fish Rainy River, uh, mm-hmm. and, and there was a guy that was out there, and, and uh, I know he went 18 for 18. He pitched a jig and a minnow 18 times and caught 18 fish on the river. I mean, that, that's, that's a great walleye bite there, you know. And then in the afternoon, he went out for sturgeon and caught a few of those, too. But, you know, the, the bite is on on Rainy River still, and I, don't, I think people kind of overlook it. Oh. Um, if you're on Rainy Lake... Um, you know, like I said, the, the pitch in the jigs is, is key, you know, and, and pulling a small spinner, put like a three eighth ounce sinker and put a, a hammered gold, hammered silver, bright spinner and just pull that in the shallows. You're going to catch a lot of everything. Walleyes are biting. Um, you'll get some saugers up in the shallow there at times. And then, you know, the, the northern and bass just drill those spinner blades. So um, that's an effective way to keep the kids happy as well. You know, I think when you live in the land of uh, 10,000 lakes, when there's really actually over 11,000 and some of the best yep. walleye waters in the world, you forget about the river. And really, walleye are theoretically river fish. They are. They are. And I think people do forget that. that that's, that's their common, you know, nature ground. They like the river bottom for spawning, um, you know. And, and I don't know the percentage of walleyes from Lake of the Woods that go up the river to spawn, but it's got to be pretty high. You know, that's where they're in their element. So. Yeah, their their camouflage fits river bottoms perfectly. Certainly, there's a lot of people, you know, south of the Twin Cities that do a lot of walleye fishing on the Mississippi River. But on our neck of the woods, it it really is overlooked. I think it is. It is, and especially this time of year, you know that that Easter spring bite. People love that river run, you know, and it's it's there's fish that are caught there. But, you know, it, you can catch fish on the river all the time, and, and uh, it, it's a fun place to go boat that 30-incher. Just ask Walleye Will. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not convinced it wasn't just one hungry fish that kept biting. I, I, you know. <laughs> no, and, and I think there's guys that, that have uh, broken down his pictures, and uh, they were different fish. So It's amazing. Um, I, I, I can vouch for uh, Will's integrity. He kept it on this one. So He's a good guy, no doubt. He is a great guy. Yeah, don't tell him I said that. No, no, no. I won't. I won't tell him a thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't want him to get too big ahead. I need him to be on the show occasionally. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> before he gets an agent, got a lot more to cover with Bruce Jean. He's got something he's got to get off his chest when it comes to being at Vogue Access. That's later on in the show. But up next, we're going to talk to one of the best known pro anglers in the North Country. That is Mandy Urich. A regular on B93.3's outdoor show for years, first time in the Bemidji side. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
Christian Paul Bunyan Country Weekend Edition. We're checking in with Mandy Urich. Uh, those of you who listen in, in, in Brainerd obviously know Mandy real well. For those of us in the Bemidji area, this is a new guest to the show. So welcome to our part of the state, Mandy. Thanks, Kevin. Again, people in the Brainerd area know you quite well, and I, I've heard you uh, on the show. Uh, so I know you love the outdoors. My question for you is, do you even have a house? <laughs> I do, but I don't really see it that often. Yeah, you're a, you're a busy, busy person. You were just uh, giving me kind of the roundup of what you've been doing. So uh, for, for those uh, who want to keep up with your ex- exploits and adventures, what have you been doing the last month or so? Well, I got off the ice here. Two days later, open water hit. So I zoomed up north to the Rainy River, uh, hit the season up there for catch and release walleye. Landed some big hogs there, came home, flew out, was in Phoenix, came home from Phoenix, went back up there for sturgeon fishing, caught some monsters there, came home, uh, fished a couple crappie derbies here in one, and then hopped a plane to Florida and uh, doing some prototype testing for rods and reels down there for 13 fishing, got home Sunday, and I've been in the blind turkey hunting. (laughs) So have you seen anything? Yes. uh, The first morning out, I had three jakes. It would not leave me alone, and a couple hens came in, and uh, I got a big boy that I'm chasing, and he was he was squawking pretty good at me for about an hour, but I just couldn't get him to break from that hen he was with, and I'll just keep chasing him. Okay, wow, uh, yeah, that's the thing that you know the the uh, at least I don't know how long you've had turkey hunting in Brainerd area, but up here you know it's relatively new within the last five years or so. And, uh, you know, and we never had to worry about a hunting season for opening fishing before. Now we've got these conflicts. We have to figure out what we actually want to do. I, I, I hear you there, right? Like, that's the conflict in the fall, because fishing is great for every species there is. Plus, we've got all these other things going on and species to chase. And, yeah, now this is direct conflict here in Minnesota. And to be honest, um, I normally hunt uh, down in South Carolina, North Carolina, other seasons that are much earlier so it doesn't conflict uh with the fishing that goes on here in the spring in minnesota but i finally said i got to pull the trigger and hunt my home state so that's what i'm doing so mandy how did you get this love of the outdoors i just grew up that way i grew up in north dakota um and there's not a lot to do out there i actually (laughs) grew up in in a county that didn't have a stoplight uh we had a small resort my dad was a guide my summers were spent on the water at the resort helping him out and i i just loved it and he he knew that i had this passion and he kind of farmed me out like he sent me all over the place to different guide camps to you know learn about different techniques and species and i knew it was something that i wanted to do but i had this more in-depth knowledge and so i went to college for it and yeah so i've got an actual career (laughs) as a biologist of 20 years and then when i'm not at that one i'm you know, hunting and fishing and outdoor education, and yeah, it's it's a hundred percent of my life. It, it sounds <laughs> at least a hundred percent. So it sounds, yeah, you're 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 immersed in it. You're you're doing it all over the place, and and like uh, you mentioned, several different states. So tell me uh, your thoughts. You know, you've been all over. Uh, you do choose to live here. Where do we stack up as far as our outdoor uh, lifestyle compared to some of the other states you've been to? I'm going to be 100% biased and honest. There's a reason why I live here. I chose to live in the Brainerd Lakes area. Um, after traveling for my career, uh, both professionally and in the outdoor scene, and I love the Brainerd Lakes area. I love Minnesota in general. We are so fortunate to be able to, you know, fish multiple different species, have multiple different species to hunt. We've got, you know, pristine lakes and rivers. 
our community, our outdoor heritage here really embraces that love for the outdoors. So it's top notch. Like I could live anywhere I wanted to and I live here for a reason. <laughs> All right. Boy, that's like a Explore Minnesota commercial right there. <laughs> So um, right now, as we as we've been uh, getting, we had the opener this past weekend. We're getting into the second week of fishing. Uh, what are you hearing? What's biting? What have you experienced? Oh well, you know we had early ice out, which is amazing. Uh, then it kind of was stagnant with our temps, and our temps are definitely on the rise for water temps. And it kind of was was sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and now everything's popped. Uh, even our larger lakes with clear bodies of water are, are warming drastically. We're at like 60 degrees on Gulf right now. Um, any of those shallower lakes that are darker waters obviously have warmed faster and quicker. But right now in our area, uh, crappies are spawning. Some crappies are even getting off the beds. Um, the bass are staging and also moving up and starting to spawn right now. You've got sunfish moving in on top of it. Uh, it it's crazy. And then on top of it, um, we've got the Shiner Run going on. And they're spawning, so that's pushing those walleyes uh, super shallow, like six feet or less inside weed lines. So everything is shallow, shallow, shallow right now, but everything's popping. Okay. What's your favorite species? <sighs> I always get asked this. I know. If, if I was doing tournaments, I loved bass fish. So there's no, no doubt about that, but it's really hard this time of year. Like, I love chasing big panfish. So it's it's that mix, right? So I, I try to chase them early before, you know, the official season opens up because then I go into derby mode, which is a lot of bass tournaments and some multi-species tournaments, but I, I'm chasing bass. Okay. <laughs> I always have a, a crappie and a sunfish rod in the boat this time of year just in case I roll up and, you know, find a good number of them so I can switch gears quickly, but uh, I'm chasing bass. You know, I find it really interesting. Uh, the more I talk to people over the years um, that are that are really into fishing, and I I kind of liken it to if you're really into cooking, for example, or you're you know you're really into beer. If you're really into beer, all of a sudden you like these you know craft brews that nobody else has ever heard of that have a little hint of this and a little taste of that, and the re- you know most of us are going, huh? And when you're really into fishing, most of us are, it's it's about walleyes in Minnesota. That's what we hear about, walleyes, walleyes, walleyes. That's what the bulk of us do. But if you're really into fishing, it, it's so funny how often it diverges into somebody else, you know. Uh, you're into bass. A lot of people that are really into fishing are really into bass. Then you got people who slide off and it's all about muskies and it's all about this. It, it's funny how uh, the more you get into something, um, sometimes your paths change. Oh, and I, I, I agree with that 100%. Growing up in North Dakota on Devil's Lake, uh, we were chasing walleye. We were chasing perch. We were chasing big pike, right? I spent, you know, the beginning years, 20 years of my life chasing those species 100%. And then moving here to, to Minnesota, moving all over Minnesota is when I, you know, found this level of bass fishing. And I did. I, there was like a light fl- switch flipped, and I was like, okay, like I still love to fish those other species, but... This is now my new target species, so I agree with that. And I feel like bass fishing has really gotten much more popular within the last five to ten years. I think, obviously, the college competitiveness and now the moving into the high school range is, is helping that. But I'm wondering if, if we're going to be able to see uh, somebody in Minnesota. There's a few, but if, if it gets to be more and more popular, to, more and more bass guides. Most guides are walleye guides, and when they have a free moment, they fish for something else. But maybe they'll be able to uh, create more of a bass fishing guide industry in the state. 
Well, there already is. You know, on, on Mille Lacs, on Vermilion, you know, smallmouth, the Bassmaster Elites, with them coming here uh, to our home waters, not once but twice, really showcase the bass fisheries we have here in Minnesota. And it's made it a destination for bass fishermen all over the nation to come here. So there are very select areas where, yes, 100% of those guides are, are guiding solely for bass. And I do believe that that will continue to grow. One of the other things I know that you're uh, very very proud of and really, really want to see expand, and that is your uh, impact on women in fishing and hunting. Um, just your general thoughts on that. You know, it's one of those things we have these programs that are growing. We're so lucky in the state of Minnesota to have the bow program. So the bow program is Becoming an Outdoor Woman. And it's actually the largest and the oldest program in uh, North America. We started it. And so we offer all these different educational and outdoor activities for, for women, ch- children, and families. And it's, it's one of those environments that's con- continuing to grow. But I feel like on the hunting side, we've gotten a lot of publicity and we have some of those bigger fi- figures out there that have brought women into hunting. And I think we're well established in that side. But we're not seeing that yet uh, on the fishing side. It's, it's a lot more, I feel, complicated uh, than, and I love to hunt, you know, than going out hunting. Uh, you've got a boat, you've got electronics, you got to run it, you got, you know, tons of gear, this, that, and whatever. And it can be really daunting, you know, for someone to, to take that in because it's not a skill that you can hone in, in a month or a year or even two years. It's one of those things that you're going to continually grow over the years to make, you know, those skills get better and better. So, yeah, it's, it's things like this. It's what you, you, you see on TV. It's what you hear on the radio. It's it's making uh, women in the outdoors and in fishing and hunting more of a, a daily conversation and something instead of something that's more of an oddball. Yeah. Did, did you find as you were making your way in this business that there was resentment from, from the male side or, or they just were they cool with it? I don't like to talk about the negative okay. stuff, but, you know, I, I truly believe that no matter what you're doing, like, you need to earn the respect. And for decades, you know, I was an oddity. I was the only, you know, female fishing circuits and doing these kind of things and traveling internationally, and it was an oddity, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, prove yourself and, and keep and do a good work, and people are going to accept you. They're going to realize that this is a passion, and they're going to help and encourage you. And over the years, a lot of the anglers I fished with love it. Like they have daughters, they have granddaughters, you know, that they're now getting into fishing and they come to the weigh-ins and they see me, you know, fishing against their dad or their grandpa. And I've seen just in the last five years, tournament circuits where I was the only female. Now there's, there's a few fishing on their own, but there's a lot more like husband and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends and dads and daughters. And that, that makes me really excited. So, Mandy, uh, if we were getting ready to go out fishing in, uh, in the Brainerd Lakes area, or really anywhere this, uh, this second weekend of, of the fishing season, what should we be doing? Pick a species, that's what i got to say. <laughs> uh, you know, you want to go chase crappies and sunfish. Like I said, they're going to be shallow. They're either on beds right now or just pulling off the beds. Uh, flip bobber and a puddle jumper for, for crappies or other small plastics, even smaller plastics for for sunnies, you can tip them with Berkeley gulp or, you know, a plastic or a waxy. If you want to chase bass, same deal. Uh, those bass are pre-staged. They're pushing up shells, getting ready to get on their beds. I love throwing swim baits or swim jigs or chatter baits or spinner baits for those uh, right now. The thing with that is make it a slow retrieve. So the water temps are warming, but they're not, you know, they're in the 60s. And people seem to forget, especially with bass, 
Abbas's metabolism is directly linked to the water temp. So the, the warmer the water gets, the more aggressive these fish get. So they're hungry. They want to put the feed bag on right now because they're going to spawn. They need that energy. But they're, they're not like they are in, in a month from now where, you know, they're aggressively chasing something. So just slow down that retrieve, uh, throw those baits, and you should be successful. Walleye, uh, like I said, with here in the Brainerd Lakes area, with that major shiner run going on, those walleyes are shallow. Uh, they're shallow, but they're lethargic, right? They're gorging themselves on all these shiners that are spawning and running. And they're, you know, mostly on the inside weed line edge or even in the sand, less than six feet of water, uh, slip bobbers. I love throwing a slip bobber with a leech. Uh, that's a good application, especially when they are that shallow. You can throw some shallow cranks for them, some smaller swim bait plastics, but multiple applications. Everything's popping right now. It's choose your weapon of choice and the species you want to target or just bring everything and do it all. <laughs> if, uh, if you're going after walleyes, any particular lakes that pop early in your neck of the woods? Well, it, there again, it's all about the water temp and the clarity. Yeah, this year's a little odd. The majority odd. of our lakes in the Brainerd Lakes area um, drastically get clear, obviously, with, with zebra mussels, and it depends, too, when the ice comes out, uh, what's going on with that vegetation. But I like the bigger chains of lakes, uh, like the whitefish chain or gull, just for the fact that you have bigger bodies of water and shallower bodies of water, so it gives you multiple different options because not everything's going to move at the same time. So if you, if you can't find fish in one area, you don't got to get off the lake. You just got to, you know, go to a different lake on that chain. Yeah, what's next on your agenda? Oh, boy. I actually, I'm slammed right now. I, I'm <laughs> turkey hunting in the morning, uh, fishing as much as I can. I've actually got a commercial shoot next week. And the week after that, uh, Ray Gildall and I um, co-host a, a TV show together. So we will start filming our 13 episodes for that. And then it's right in the derby season. So a few things cooking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the calendar's filling up quick, that's for sure. If people want to keep tabs on uh, what Mandy Yurick's up to, do you have a website or anything like that? Uh, they can just find me on, on social media, um, on my Facebook site, or they can my personal page, my pro page, or Instagram, realistically, is probably the best. Or if they get lazy, they can just Google. <laughs> Where can we find the, the TV show? Uh, it's Lakeland. Uh, oh. Fishing tips on PBS. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's local. You can see it every Thursday once it starts airing in June, and then we go yeah like thirteen weeks. Okay, so I got to remember to stay up uh, past ten o'clock on Thursdays. <laughs> that's what DVRs for. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mandy, anything else you want to share with people before we wrap it up today? Just get out there and enjoy it. Be safe. Uh, I know it feels warm. The water, the water temp's at 60, though. Air temp might be in the 70s, so everybody just needs to be safe. Be patient with people at the accesses and uh, catch big fish and take pictures. Mandy Urich joining us, talking fishing and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mandy, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, the weekend is here. A lot of you are going to be out fishing. That means it could be busy at the boat accesses once again. So Bruce Jean from Rainy Lake Guide Service has some thoughts. You were wanting to talk about boat landing etiquette. And I don't know why, Bruce. Why do we have to go over this every single year? But I guess we do have to go over this every single year. So, and, and, you know, and I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, if you're at a boat landing, relax, enjoy the time. You know, if you're in your truck or or 
if you're the one sitting in the boat and you have to wait a few minutes and watch the people at the boat landing, enjoy it because that's part of what you're doing, right? But I was at Malax and, you know, we fished from midnight till about 3 in the morning. We came in and went to sleep. We got up later in the morning and, and – so I was up drinking a cup of coffee with my lawn chair and watching the boat landing, right, at uh, Red Door Resort. It's a great place, um, great people, a lot of good things going on there. Um, one of my favorite things I used to do with my dad was grab the lawn chair, and I had my little thing of Kool-Aid, and, and we'd go watch the boat landing, right? So I, yeah, I grab my coffee, I'm watching the boat landing, and I see people with their truck and trailer and boat. They pull up. And they're in line for 10 to uh, one guy even waited about 45 minutes. But um, they're in line, and that's a great time when you're stopped to go unstrap your boat, to put things in your boat, to get cooler in the boat, you know, get it ready to go. And depending on where you're at, maybe that's where you put your plug in when you're close by. Or, you know, just so when, you're, when it's your turn to start backing up, you know, that you're ready. You don't have to stop in the middle of everything and, you know, do all that then. Well, the thing that I really, I, I, it, it baffles me that people think that they can pull out of the boat ramp, stop 10 feet above it, and then start strapping things down. Pull way ahead, get out of the way, you know, let people be able to back up and, and do your thing there. You know, by all means, strap it down and do what you have to do. But, you know, these, these bunk trailers, Kev, they, they're pretty slick. You run them up and, and you don't really need to even strap them down right away. You know, we, we just run them up and go forward, you know, and, and so, I mean, is, is it safer? Yeah, probably, but, um, you know, it, it's one of those deals where you just know your equipment, know what you're going to do, practice it on your own if you want at times, but proper boat landing etiquette is just being respectful and not dilly-dallying when it's your turn, so, <laughs> something <Yeah>. I noticed. <laughs> you know, uh... I've heard stories of guys that get up there and just, you know, right when it's their turn to go in the water, then they, they, they start pulling stuff out of the boat and throwing it in the back of the truck that they don't want in the boat. It's like, seriously? And, and, you know, the transom saver, that can be taken off well before it's your turn to start backing up. The strap, they don't need to be on when you're cruising around the circle. Like, take care of that stuff before you get to your turn, you know, yeah. and then come up with a plan. Teach teach your wife how to drive the boat or teach your partner how to drive the boat. Or, you know, if you want back it all the way to the water and then have your wife finish it the last 10 feet or whatever that looks like. But, you know, work on that piece of it and you're going to have more fun. I saw a lot of feuding going on amongst family members, husband, wife, um, things like that. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, just enjoy that part of it. But also enjoy the boat ramp because, hey, that's what it's about. That's all part of the fun. And, and to me, there's nothing better than watching the boat ramp and just enjoying seeing how people work, how they communicate, whether it's positive or negative. But there's a lot of interesting things that go on on the boat ramp. My suggestion, if you guys are bored on uh, the upcoming Carl Anderson tournament, if you have a question on it, go watch those guys that do this for a living and just see how they click with the boat ramp, their boat, their partner, um, it, and it's, it's a boom, 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 and the boat's floating, and they're on their way, you know. So, But it's kind of fun to watch boat ramps work. And, you, you know, coming up Carl Sanderson tournament here at the uh, second weekend and Saturday in June here, um, you're going to see a lot of those with 120 teams in it this year, Kev. Does that sound right? Yep, yep, 120 teams. Uh, it's for the 20th anniversary, which theoretically was last year, but now has been pushed back to this year like everything else. 
uh, and right. more and more prize money, which is going to be exciting as well. And uh, and and you're going to be part of that. You're going to be up here for this. I am. Yep. This is my fifth year fishing it, and uh, I know my partner and I are excited. We're going to be pre-fishing the weekend before, and you know, all these years we've been talking, Kevin. I mean, you always talk a mean game about fishing. I kind of want to put you, put you, have you put your money where your mouth is. See if you can outfish a fishing guide. Okay. So, Maybe we could do a little, I'm challenging to a live feed out on uh, Lake Bemidji here the weekend before the crowds. Are you accepting or not? Oh, I'll, right I'd, lo- I'd love to come out and, and do a little fishing, absolutely. And uh, I'll just tell you right now, uh, there's no money to be put where my mouth is because uh, you'll definitely outfish me. I get to talk about it all the time. I very seldom get to do it, so I'll, I'll take any <laughs> tips you can give me, actually. We'll have to do that. That sounds like a good time. But no, that's that's a great tournament. I you know I believe they're allowing spectators and they're going to have stuff out there. You know, prizes. Definitely get a ticket. I think they're giving another boat trailer system a package away. So a lot of good prizes given away, and uh, it's it's a great time for the community. And and you know, with the cold water in Lake Bemidji, I think the mortality rate of the walleye um, this year are going to be caught and released right away. So it's a catch photo release tournament, um, and so. You know, it's going to be very few mortality of the walleye caught, so it's it's a win win for the for the community and the lake. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be fun uh, to to see who wins that. Uh, tw- was it what's it up to twenty thousand dollars this year? I I think it is twenty thousand. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so. we we got the guys in next week. They're going to give us all the details on that next week, so that'll be exciting. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're going to be up. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have yeah, to looking forward to it, man. Bemidji always puts on a good show with that that tournament, so. All right. Well, regardless of whether we're going to Malax or Rainy, um, whatever lake we happen to be going on this weekend, if we're going to go out walleye fishing, Bruce, uh, just give us basic tips. What do we need to be doing this second weekend of uh, fishing season? Right, right. You know, and, and pending the lake, um, you know, if, if you're going to make the trip, you know, the, the Brainerd listeners and so on, you know, head over a half an hour to the east and fish fish the north side of Malax, And, you know... It, if you want some real easy fishing, start fishing about 7 p.m. Fish till, till, well, you're supposed to be off the lake at 10, so quarter to 10 or whatever it is. But And, you know, grab a slip bobber, grab a half a pound of leeches, and have your hook about four or five inches off bottom. And get a lighted bobber because it does get a little bit dark about 9.30. And watching a lighted slip bobber go down, there's nothing better, Kev. It, it is so much fun. And, you know, you need a long, when you when you see it go down, give it a little bit of time, maybe a 1,005 count, give it a long, gradual hook set. Not a quick one, a long, gradual, and that will pull it up and it won't pull the hook out of the, the fish's mouth. So um, have a headlight with you, um, and then you're really going to get to practice loading that boat in a, in a dark uh, <laughs> boat ramp. So okay. that gets to be interesting sometimes. Absolutely. Um, any... Uh... Any uh, other lakes you would recommend for early season fishing? So I did talk to a guy that was on Red Lake, and, um, I, you know, Red Lake is always, you know, real strong as well. And, you know, they didn't both the numbers that they typically have in the past, but they did get good numbers, and, and uh, I think they voted 45-ish on Saturday, and I did talk to him on Sunday. But, um, you know, that that's a good day of fishing wherever you're at, so. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a jig and a minnow bite there as well. You know, some people pull cranks and some people can do that stuff, but all you really need is a couple dozen chubs and, and some jigs and go pitch up in the shallows. And that's a lot of fun on red as well. If you're fishing rainy lake, 
um, you know, put those spinners on, um, pitch up in the weeds, you know, just on the weed lines there. Um, but any wind-blown shorelines are, are holding fish right now, and that's going to be a good place for that as well. So, all right. That's about all I got for, for tips on those three lakes, but it definitely it's going to be a beautiful Saturday. And, I, you know, I don't know if 90 degrees is beautiful in your book, but we've been having a long, cold winter, and it's time for some nice weather. So definitely get out and enjoy it. All right, Bruce, if I want to go fishing on Rainy or any of those uh, lakes that you uh, are willing to guide us on, how do we get set up? Absolutely. Well, you can you can check us out at rainylakeguiding.com or check out any of the social media platforms with the same handle. So love to take you out, take you fishing, and uh, let, them know you, let, let me know you heard us on here, and we'll work out a special plan for you. Oh. Maybe a signed picture from Kev himself. Oh, oh isn't that special? Usually the only thing people want my signature on is a check, to be honest with you. <laughs> that sounds good. So. Bruce Jean from Rainy Lake Guide Service joining us today. Bruce, thanks for your time, and uh, have a good weekend. All right, you too, Cap. Thank you. The weekend is here. It's time to go fishing, time to have fun, and it's always time to be safe. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Bishop,